Welcome back to the Glint Standard. Today we're talking about business finance for success. Welcome to the Glint Standard, an advertising podcast that provides unexpected insights. So today we have with us Guy Church, a wealth advisor, and part of what he brings to the table is really thinking about not just individually, how do you manage your wealth to achieve the goals you want to, but how do you do that with the business as well? And so we'll touch a lot of different points today. We're going to go over uh, maybe creditworthiness a little bit, uh, a little bit about loans, uh, equity versus growth, profitability versus growth, and talking through uh, some different landscapes as maybe you're starting a business, maybe you're in the middle of a business and trying to figure out what do I do next. There's a point to having somebody who can help manage your wealth. Correct. So, fair to say that that's I think important? That's fair. Yes. <laughs> I mainly work with individuals, but yep. many of my individuals are either business owners or they're executives in companies. Uh, so trying to help them understand and answer the questions that they have as they go along is, is key, yeah. specifically if it's a business that's owned by a client. Um, we need to lay those same principles that we do individually over their business and make sure that we're addressing those same concerns. Yeah, and it's, you know, as you... As you get to know the individuals you work with, and, and maybe they have businesses, maybe they don't, really getting to know them means you need to understand about all those little nuances. Maybe not the deep, deep details, because maybe that can be a little bit scary, um, but you do get to explore, really, and probably discover a lot of really cool things that maybe you exactly. didn't know before. It's what we love about our industry as well. Right, and that's you know dealing with individuals that are employed by a large company. It's nice, you've right. got a set handbook, you're not having to make decisions on big corporate decisions, but we've got a playbook. We've got a, hey, here's how you're going to retire. Here's what benefits you have today for protection planning. Um, we know what our salary is. Yep. Uh, when you cross over to the business, you don't necessarily have that handbook yet. And so it's creating, have you thought about these things? You know, what are the things that we don't know that we don't know yet? So starting out in the basics of basics, even starting out when you're young, right? Mm -hmm. Credit cards, credit worthiness. Yeah. Can you touch on that a little bit, the importance of it? Yeah, I mean, you know, as a financial guy with financial degree, we talk about leverage and finance 101, you know, you should borrow money and leverage that. And as you get into the real world, <laughs> almost all of us make the error of swiping the card too much or right. over levering ourselves. And so the appropriate amount of leverage the appropriate amount of creditworthiness is something that you really have to strive for. Okay. We don't want to be all cash and do everything and not build credit, but we also don't want to be highly levered to where we don't have the cash flow to seek new opportunities. Did the basic principle change based on the net worth of an individual, or is it kind of pretty much a set standard of how you should think about it? I think it does accelerate. I think it is larger as you have a higher net worth or as the business is more mature and has more cash flow, more reserves built up. When you're early in a business, it's, you know, how are we going, where, how are we going to get this roof over our head? We may right. have to lever something. Right. Um, but as we go deeper into it, we may have more flexibility. So the longer we have, uh, more mature the business, we probably have more opportunities to use it as a tool versus as a necessity. Right. Early on, it might be a necessity. I mean, you can buy or you can't buy, but later you can choose to do that out of cash flow, out of reserves, and such. So, 
Yeah, it's funny. Here's here's my basic premise on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can love this or not, <laughs> on creditworthiness and why it's important. As I've gotten older, I'm buying the same things, and I feel like for less money. Because I have better credit, I'm getting better interest rates, Correct. or better maybe just perks overall. I think you're right, though. You still can't go crazy with that stuff. Correct. But, okay, if I have the same stuff as everybody else, and I'm paying less for it, I feel like it was worth it. Right. You know, that struggle in the beginning. Absolutely. And in the beginning, we don't have many options. So you have to use what you have available to you. But, you know, having the long game in mind is what's key. Knowing that we're not going to be here five years from now. We're going to be in a different spot. And may may not be physically in a different spot, but maturity financial maturity we should be in a different spot and so while we're choosing this today we may have different options down the road and so the higher the credit score banks like that so if you have a personal banker now all of a sudden instead of having to have an asset to secure a loan they may have a line of credit for you because you've done great business with us very powerful very powerful and it's nice to know that as a business owner that I have the flexibility to do that remodel out of my own checking or cash, or hey, the bank will give me this at a really good rate and I can pay it back over three, five years, something. Yeah. So I think the flexibility is what's key there, but it does, it it grows with the maturity of the business. Right, so that, that leads us into like loans, grants, equity financing. When you, I mean, you talked about a line of credit, how do you go about navigating what's gonna be best for you? Do you have any thoughts on that? I know that ties more into the business side of it for the yeah. most part, like grants with nonprofits. Right. Really important. Those are clients we right. work with. We know the power of those grants. Very right. specific what you have to deliver against grants. You're competing for grants. Right. Where if you can self-sustain by donations or generating your own king income that doesn't have any controls of how you spend, you have more freedom as a business. Correct. So I, grants are, are very unique in that regard, but the other lines of credit or equity financing, whatever that is, what are your thoughts on the best approach for those types of things? Let me take you back to individuals first because okay. that's what I know more of. Yep. What we always look at is what are all the options? And so okay. a, a client might come with the opportunity to get a loan from a credit union at a, at a reasonable rate. They might have a 401k that they have borrowing privileges against. They can borrow up to $50,000 or 50% of the value of a 401k and pay themselves back, if you will. Um, they may have their own cash reserve. And so it <clears throat> really is just making sure that you're aware of what are all the tools we have available and then what are those restrictions. If I take a loan against my 401k, what are the rules? Oh, I can't pay it back unless I pay it back in full. I have to pay it out over five years. So if I have an influx of cash, I can't just go pay off that loan unless I have all of it. I can't add extra to the right. principal. So it's the same thing. You you get a grant, there's rules, there's restrictions, yeah. there's handcuffs. Uh, if you get a line of credit, and there may be no restrictions, but there may be a higher interest rate. Right. And so it really is just mapping them out and looking at what each of those mean. Uh, as an early business, you may only have one or two choices. And as a more mature business, you might have multiple different lines that you have available to you. So it, it really is evaluating what are all the options. People talk about options as being stressful. Well, there's, you know, there's there's a lot of stress. I have to decide which one's best for me. Right. Well, the reality in the individual world, if you only have Social Security to retire on, it's not stressful. It's the only place income's coming from. Right. But you're broke. Right. So it it may not be good to not have those options. So I'd rather you have options and then navigate working through them, but you have to be 
aware and willing to talk through all those things versus just taking the first thing because, oh, it's easy. Yeah, I think, you know, as you're, as you're talking through there, pops in my head right now, too, is there, there's a lot to it, right? And I think I feel like it's important to talk about my perception of a wealth manager and what they bring to the table. It's mm-hmm. advisory. It's mm-hmm. here what our options are, here's some guidance. Yeah. But you're not making decisions for people. They're still making their own decisions Absolutely. based on goals that you put in place together that the individual has said or the business has said, this is what I want to achieve, what I want to do. Okay, great. I hear what you're saying. I don't know if this is going to align with your goals. It's going to shift your goals a little. And that's really what a wealth manager does. It's not, and I think there's a perception sometimes it's, hey, here's my stuff. Go do what you're supposed to do with it and make me rich. Yeah. It just it just doesn't work. It's a true right. partnership. It is. And it's I think collaborative. it's important for that that distinction to come out of the, on, on those types of things. And it's a, I mean, you're dealing with the wealth of people. Right. right. Well, and I think that's where a collaborative relationship versus a true um, leadership or um, it's not a dictatorship. It's these are advisors that I put in place. So for a business, it might be your accountant, it might be your attorney, and it might be your financial advisor. Really like a group. A group, yeah. a, a consortium of people that says, hey, hey, that's not really in alignment with where you're wanting to go. And you know, we've worked together, you helped us rebrand, that's what you did. You presented us with paths. After a lot of research, you gathered right. a lot of data from us <laughs> to the point where it made us all think differently. Or we had paths that we could go down that we hadn't thought through before. So doing the same thing. The problem with small business owners or young businesses is sometimes they don't have those relationships yet. And so it's how do you develop those relationships with okay. a great banker, a great CPA, a great attorney? A, who are you going to trust? How, how do you feel like you start establishing it before you start then? Does that sound like that'd be the place to do it? But are you worth their time? Exactly. Right? So how do you manage that? Yeah, I think it's tough. I, you know, I think of personally trying to be aware that I need to have those. I can't hit the easy button sometimes on the banking relationship. I want a banker. So I can't just go online and get the the app and, and get the easiest thing. I need to find a banker that can become my banker. And it may be. It may be a younger banker that's also starting off their oh, banking career. Mm-hmm. And that now I've got a banker that can be an advisor for me. And they, they'll want to build those relationships. Almost every business owner is going to want and need some type of accounting service or CPA. So, you know, maybe it's not get the cheapest one, it's get the one that's most appropriate for your business and your business needs, both now and do they have the capacity for where you want to go in the future. And so I think it's just being aware and, and really focus on that early. And, and we've talked about this before, it's a lot of business owners are entrepreneurs, they may have been tacticians before and just were really good at it and now they've been thrust into a position where they have their own company, but doesn't mean that they went to school to be right. a company owner or a business owner or a leader. So developing yeah. those skills and just being aware that, hey, my full-time job is this, but I need to be really working on these other areas to develop those relationships where I have this group of people that can help me. So we, we're, we're, we're kind of transitioning easily, actually, um, from starting out to kind of here we are, we've got things in place, and now we're, we're getting a little more mature. Right? right. We're hitting those teenage years, maybe right. 20 years. We've yeah. got to be careful in those years. <laughs> right. Um, talking about, you know, we're profitable, maybe. Yeah. Right. Is that enough? 
What about expansion and growth? How do, how do you feel like that ties together? I would take growth and profitability is kind of a risk and reward type of conversation. You know, and individuals, we would talk about what are the exposures we have to risk around our house could burn down, our car needs the proper coverage, life insurance, disability coverage, things like that. In business, you have protections you need as well. But also, with every risk, you have the opportunity to either transfer that risk or avoid that risk is even something you can do. When you get to profitability and growth, oftentimes I see people focus so much on profit and margins that they don't give themselves the opportunity to really grow. And so if you get so wrapped up in, oh, well, I've got the leanest pay structure, I got the leanest comp structure, I got the, well, are you giving yourself the ability to expand and grow? Because if you're, if you're wanting to have long-term growth, there's going to be some risk that you're going to need to take to get somewhere that you haven't already been. And so what does that risk look like? Does it look like taking on a loan? I hate debt. It's part of my DNA. I, don't either. I hate debt. <laughs> but at some point, you know, we may have to make that decision that we're going to take on some debt knowing that it will open up another line of business or it's going to allow us to develop something that we wouldn't develop on our own with our own group. And so it really becomes more of a risk reward and then you have to really evaluate what is that risk to the rest of the business unit if I choose to do that. Yeah. And it's really no different when you started out, right? As an individual or with a business. You're I'm choosing to to either I'll say struggle tightly financially knowing and I trust that I'm going to get there and I'm going to do some other things I've got to figure it out on my own. And with the business, it's kind of the same way where, okay, I'm going to start out. Am I going to go get a big loan for it started or I'm going to just feel my way through and make those connections and then change those connections later or build upon those connections? There's a lot of strategy behind it as well. And part of that is trusting yourself. And I think risk is something everybody should have. Most people are afraid of it, sure. but I do think it has to be evaluated risk like you talked about. That, Correct. that makes all the difference in the world, yeah. I would think. Yeah, measured risk. And then the thing that I think that I have struggled with and I've heard a lot of business owners struggle with is when no longer it's just me and my wife, now I'm responsible for seven other families. I have yeah. seven employees that six of them are the key people that bring income to their home. And so now I'm not just making a decision for Glint or Momentous, I'm making a decision for our whole team. And so it, it becomes it becomes a burden that if we don't recognize it, it we're making decisions based on it, but we need to yeah. recognize it because it really is something that, you know, okay, it's real, it's a real concern now because now people are relying on this business. Your clients are relying on the business staying yeah. healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And tr- trust plays into that a lot, and that's where that comes in. And you've got to earn that, I think. Uh, people aren't just going to give that to you, especially this day and age. Correct. But making those right decisions early on as you start to move forward starts to develop that trust, and then you have more faith in it as well. Exactly. And it really, it's actually, for me, it's very freeing to know no matter what decision I make, and I do evaluate my decision-making, but when it impacts the individuals, employees, the business, whatever that is, you're okay, here's the impact. I've got it. And I know I can manage this and I think it's worth it. Right. And I have a group around me that I can throw in front of. Right. And they go, okay, have you thought of that? I said, ooh, I did not think about that. Right. And then you're taking your steps back. So I think that true partnership piece of it 
is is pretty huge. Exactly. You know. So risk is one thing. Understanding the consequences and then having that expectation mm-hmm. set and then also reviewed by others that are important to you, I think is key. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I think we've put a lot of information out real <laughs> fast. Um, obviously, if you need more details, reach out to us. Uh, agency at theglintstandard.com. We'll respond to you if we don't have the answers. We definitely know people who do. And we can start building some relationships for you as well in, in regard, especially with you know business, finance, advertising, marketing. We know those things as well. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Glint Standard, featuring Glint advertising in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Don't forget to submit your questions on our channels or email us at agency at theglintstandard.com.